I've tone, I've tone. I've tone, I'm partying. All right, Hickory Dickory Doc, the Dice Man's back, and he's ready to rock. Hey! And so are Matt and Bob. This is the... Matthew James Hazard. Bob, gay dick channel. <laughs> What's happening? Not much, man. We're here podding. We're chopping it up. It's great to be back on the pod, man. It's been a little bit of a, a hiatus. It's been a hiatus for us. It's been a hiatus for the Dice Man. We're going to be talking about the first episode of season two of Dice called It's a Miserable Life. Here we are. Sounds like you got a dog laving, laving up some water. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, I'm in a new apartment now, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's I'm right. going to have to give you a full tour uh, really, pretty soon really, here. Really going for that bowl of water. <laughs> it sounds sounds great. It's great audio. Uh, yeah, all right, it's well, really anyway. people a little, uh, little atmosphere. All right, so we're going to start off with dice because it's fresh. And then, uh, yeah, speaking and then we're going to go into a dog taking a shit. <laughs> Let's start yeah. with dice in his new, new season. New season. Uh, I think me, you, and Greg both had this as not being renewed, but uh, it's showtime. They don't have a lot going on. But no, not they a- do though. Uh, my dad was just in town, and uh, you know, guys not guys not big into movies and TV that much, but was telling me about how great Ray Donovan is. Oh yeah, was I talking to me about uh, how he loves the show Billions. You oh know, yeah, people are they, got, they got their finger on the pulse of the sixty-seven-year-old uh, uh, Florida retirees. So they gave us um, a Californication, of course. Yeah, I love that show. Old um, Hank Moody. Yeah, but I mean, in comparison to what they're doing over at HBO uh, and their, you know, flagships or tent poles or whatever you want to say. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, HBO has must-watch Sunday drama and Game of Thrones, and Showtime has uh, Dice. No, you watch Game of Thrones, right? Yes. Uh, and I remember me and you tried to get into it years back when we were roommates, probably around 2011. I, I didn't take to it. I remember you didn't take to it, but you circled back and now you're in, right? You're in the, you're in, you're at the water cooler. You're, you're with everybody else on Facebook writing spoilers, dash, 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 dash. No, I, I think I just, that John I quietly Snow... watch it and I enjoy it. And I've also read the books. Um, oh, wow. Point. So you really got into it since, yeah. since those days in 2011. Okay. Cool. I feel like, I feel like I let season one go by and then I kind of got into it. And then I've been, um, every Sunday I'm there watching it. Okay. Um, so and, it, yeah, not to not to get too far off topic, but uh, so yeah, I mean the uh, for for Game of Thrones, I don't know if I've ever and and I'm not in the club, but I don't know if I've ever seen a show, maybe even since Seinfeld, that people just so many people, almost everyone I talk to or everyone I see on Facebook is into the show and and I've, i just haven't seen that enthusiasm around that kind of enthusiasm like even breaking bad had a lot of people in it and a, a lot of people into it and i didn't you know i don't remember it being this huge uh it's the biggest show possibly in television history just because of because social of the numbers media. Then the numbers and social media and i mean you know mash had the biggest finale for a while and then seinfeld broke that and then you know, whatever. But this, I think, this has got to be the biggest, most talked about show in in modern era. Anyway, yeah. um, let's jump into dice. Let's uh, bang this out real quick. Yeah, dice. Uh, what, what do you think? Did you like uh, it? It was, uh, and, it, and it's funny because we're going to be talking about 
Detroit, and we're going to be talking about Dice. And uh, one is a piece of cinematic excellence, and the other is a reheated is turd. Is Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no. My, my um, thoughts exactly. This was not- so horrible. I, and I know we just we just kind of we got excited to talk about Dice last year, and, and we just railed on it almost every episode. Uh, it was so, horrible last year. It's horrible again. This, this is worse. It's worse. And I didn't realize until the episode started that I forgot almost every character's name except for Milkshake. Um, oh, but, yeah. C- Carmen Milkshake. Uh, I forget. Yeah. I, yeah I I, once you started else. calling Brad her Carmen, Morris's I was character. like, oh, yeah, Natasha Legaro's name is Carmen in this. Um, but uh, the one thing we definitely didn't need more of was his kids, which we had a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and also his real life wife makes an appearance. Oh, she does. She's the uh, she's Ronald Gomez's. <laughs> oh, woman. <laughs> yeah, Ronald Gomez's uh, chick. Uh, if you remember, milkshake. All right, so uh, yeah, yeah. Let's back so this real up. quick, hold on, time out. Caitlin, can you come get Leo? He's being really noisy. Caitlin, give me a second. I gotta get the dog out of the room. We do not edit this podcast. Sorry. Right. All right, back up. Is the is the dog out of the room? Yeah, he's gone. All right. All right, great. Ronald Gomez. <laughs> So let's back this up real quick. So the premise of the show is that uh, Dice is shown um, the an alternative reality, uh, very akin to it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful uh, life, exactly. But, but in but this Jewish. scenario, it's a miserable life. Um, and he's yeah. So he uh, he goes to a bar mitzvah, scene one, and he's yelling at Natasha because she forgot to remind him of the bar mitzvah. So he shows up with shake shakes like, Hey, where you guys been? I've been hanging out by myself. And, uh, you know, Hey, Carmen forgot to remind me. Oh, God she damn it. Carmen. Me. God damn it. Carmen. God damn it. <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, at the bar mitzvah is also, um, Greg who can't be with us today, but, uh, his favorite character, David Arquette, who's <laughs> yeah. just hanging out by the bar. Um, I, uh, a total schmuck. Correct. So anyway, th- th- this rabbi uh, jinxes him for creating this Shagitz character, Dice, onto the world, and he kind of gives him this curse. And then uh, cut to uh, Dice wakes up, and it's it's a, a Wonderful Life parody. It's uh, called here A Miserable Life, where it's an alternate reality where if Andrew Dice Clay had never created the Dice phenomena and had just gone about his life, you know, he grew up in Sheep's Head Bay, uh, and it's just like how how that would affect everyone else's life. Correct. So when he first wakes up is actually my favorite bit. Chime it. Favorite bit. Uh, best bit. And that he gets a call from his ex-wife, uh, whose name escapes me. Uh, and she goes, oh, hey, you know, she she's asking him, hey, you know, I'm uh, take your time on your business trip. Have a good time. And he's like, oh, this can't be her. She used to give the sloppiest blowjobs. God, it was <laughs> <laughs> just the sloppiest blowjobs in Sheepshead Bay. Yeah, this is still yeah, she her. Was you fucking disgusting. Dick. You know, <laughs> this can't be the same woman. Yeah. It is you piece of shit. <laughs> So great. So, um, anyway, so yeah. So that, he he awesome. wakes up as a haberdasher salesman. Yeah, he's a, a big. <laughs> what an odd choice. He's a big shot in the haberdashery uh, department. The linens. Yeah. So then, we, uh, so we we meet uh, Milkshake's new life, and he's Ronald Gomez. He's in black truffle sales, and yeah. he's <laughs> he's this big shot with his hot wife, who, as I was saying, is Andrew Dice Clay's real life wife. That girl. Hey, good um, for him. 
and uh, you know his sons or virgins are working on some app. Um, yeah, well, you don't know that right away. Whatever. Yeah, you don't know that right away. They're just you know because everyone seems like they have such a great life right away. Like and, and you know Dice is really starting. Yeah, I mean God, it's such paint by numbers. I've seen this episode in almost every single sitcom ever. Yeah. It's just well, a, you know, everyone does. Uh, it's a wonderful life parody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe um, not to lead off the premiere of a second season of a show. They're really I know. Uh, it, it, it was really bizarre. But um, oh, and also in Fargo they did it right, where it's like if what's his name was uh, if that killer was just a regular guy, or no, 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 that was that was him kind of in his cover, right? Never mind. Um, the you talking about the newest of, season or the first? The first season, season of Far, the first season of Fargo, Billy Bob Mal- Thornton, Malvo. I can't yeah, remember. Oh yeah, yeah, he's like an odd, weird, nerdy guy one season. But yeah, that was or one part of the season. But yeah, that was his cover. But that's his cover character. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, so yeah, everyone's doing well. It would seem, uh, especially David Arquette, who's starring in the Bourne series. Yeah. What was the Bourne? Uh, what was the title? It was. It was something really stupid. I, I didn't notice. I, I thought it was just like Born Identity. No, it was like it was something like Born Again or something like that. Oh really? Yeah, <clears throat> Dice, and he has and he has no time. No one knows who Dice is. He's a he's a total nobody who just happens to have walk up access to celebrities. Apparently, yeah, exactly. Um, but then, uh, yeah, so then it's um, uh, oh, and then Natasha, Natasha is walking through the um, or Carmen, excuse me, is walking through the casino. Yeah, and she's kind of got her same thing going on. I feel like it didn't seem like she had anything. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's not like it's not like her life. Oh, because she was running her own business, right? She was doing well. Oh, real yeah. estate business. Yeah. Okay. Which kind of mirrors her foray into um, Airbnb, right? Yeah, I believe so. So anyway, every everyone seems to be doing well. We we know what the obvious turn is going to be. Oh, also, real quick, we almost forgot. When Dice walks in on his um, new life employees, the first thing they do is tell him how he should go into stand-up, and they ask him to do the impression of the week, <laughs> which uh, um, Sammy, Sammy Davis, Davis. Jr., which is a recycled impression <laughs> that he did last. So we're, we're, I think we've already maxed out on the, the Dice impressions. Uh, his impressions are terrible. <laughs> uh, and, and the fact that he would find a, a vehicle to do them again, especially his Sammy Davis Oh, hey, baby. Yeah, yeah. And then just, I mean, I mean gosh. But for a guy, I mean, like Dice, you're not the, you know, you're the, you're the foul mouth guy. You're not the impressions guy. You've never really been the impressions guy. So, like, I mean, his, his Eric Roberts is pretty good. A marshmallows. <laughs> but I don't, I, just like, you're, that's not your thing. So, like, why is that built into your show? Like, that you're going to do an impression every week? Exactly. I, it's dumb. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. so yeah, uh, yeah. So dice is so so. You see what the obvious turn is coming along. You you you, you know where it's gonna go, um, and you find out that not everyone's life isn't so great. Milkshake actually has sold off, has resold over and over again. His company he sold it off six times over to where he's in massive debt. He needs a place to crash. Um, and Natasha hasn't, uh, had her box eaten out since we, we oh, I, the gang plan. Exactly. I, 
I remember the the thing that gets her to uh, believe him that he's in this alternate reality is that he describes how he eats her box out by listening to Cool and the Gang and it's counterclockwise nut <laughs> yeah counterclockwise That's that was the only what was way like you can catch a nut oh my god I believe you um yeah um, yeah when the I show think... gets sentimental is it's, when it's it's, it's the most absurd uh huh. You know what, everyone, you know, I could have this life and it could be great, but you wouldn't be in it, Carmen. It wouldn't love, have you. I think my favorite, I had a couple of favorite bits, and they were right at the end. He wakes up and he's like, oh, oh God, oh, I'm over here now. <laughs> Squeezes in a nonsensical bit of his material. <laughs> he's waking up from his dream. <laughs> I, I don't missed get it. that. I didn't even hear it. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> I didn't even catch that. <laughs> the, oh god, the name of a asinine special he did, and he keeps trying to work that into. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it. I'm over here. I'm over here now. And then he's running around the house trying to trying to make sure that his kids aren't virgins. Yeah. <laughs> Where's the last time you had sex? A week ago. Okay, good, but you could do better. You could do better. It goes in the other I got my answer. Having sex with some chick. I got my <laughs> yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah. Our cat's sleeping on the couch. That that brings me to my other favorite bit, and I think what Greg had, had told us was his, where he's like, Nah, yeah, can I crash on the couch? I, I can't drink responsibly. I'm a smock. I'm a schmuck. Yeah. So David yeah, Arquette yeah. was the, David Arquette was the uh, was the exception. His life is fantastic. He has no regrets if if Dice doesn't exist. Yeah. But but in reality, he's a uh, a wash up uh, yeah, schmuck who can't loser, control schmuck. his liquor. Yeah. Can't control his liquor. Gets drunk at bar mitzvahs. Yeah. Ah uh, man, but pretty pretty bleak stuff. I mean, it's yeah. it's. I don't know why this show is made. And I can't it's believe, just... yeah, who like who's the audience that's that's digging in? I I, I absolutely I mean, certain it's not going to live past this season. And and I was kind of talking to you about this uh, a little earlier off air, but it was also just kind of a weird time. Uh, you know, Charlottesville was going down. Uh, Facebook was kind of melting down. And you know, I'm kind of scrolling through through kind of all this uh, turmoil that's going on in our country, and then right in the middle of my scrolls would just be Dice trying to promote this episode of Dice. You know, hey, who's you know, you got your dicks ready? The episode's coming <laughs> up, and I'm like, God, this couldn't be any more. What are you getting your balls into tonight? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> come on, man! It's the worst time for some stupid ass show like this. I mean, I me, me, and you have been Dice apologists and and champions for for a long time, but uh, if the, if this isn't appealing to us who who is, it <laughs> who is exactly who is this know. for i uh, mean the the people that were like you know his fans back in the 80s as opposed to us who kind of follow him um almost uh you know as a joke yeah because there is a market for ironically and you know uh not grotesque but you know like i mean shameless people fucking love shameless and that's people acting you know down and out and filthy and you know it's got dirty humor in it and then but you know this is like this is tame for that i know this is another point that we made last year but it's just i have no idea who this is for yeah well more power to him for having a show that's in the second season so he's still winning a little bit but you know Um, but the good news is he's released from that uh contract at the tangiers right right he's a free man his debt's free uh, I'm got Brad, Brad Morris in there. Brad yeah, Morris Brad Morris doing time. some solid work again. Yeah. Second City. There we go. 
Second City. So. Um, all right, well, let's get on to the main event here. Uh, yeah. Detroit, Catherine Bigelow came out a couple weeks ago. Huge now. event. It's like a crossover between MMA and, and professional boxing. Yeah, yeah. Lots of um, interest here when we get to Detroit. Um, all right, well, um, let me just get you – I haven't talked to you about it yet, so just what, what did you think? I was – I was not expecting to see the movie that I saw. Um, yeah, I agree. Me too. I was ex- I was kind of expecting a more um, uh, bird's eye view of the entire Detroit race riot. Um, yeah, you know, like a almost, thirty for thirty sort yeah, of. Yeah, almost approach. like yeah, like, you know. Uh, I, and I, I yeah, I thought it was going to be more docudrama, and you get that in the first fifteen or twenty. Um, you know, you see, I, I really liked the opening cartoon. I thought that was a pretty nice, uh, yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, you know, they start to, to, to dive into, you know, that, the, I don't know how specifically accurate the movie is, but you know, they have that raid of the party and then, um, you know, that they're rounding up all the, all the black people in the city, which, you know, starts the riots and then, you know, they got to call in the national guard. And so you're, you're kind of getting, you know, you're kind of getting rolling in terms of the docudrama style. And then it cuts to the Fox theater in that Motown concert and Mm -hmm. really just kind of hangs with that group of characters and then then we're just with, yeah. Then we're just with those guys. Uh, Um, And it really gets centered on not necessarily the, Detroit police brutality, but just the the antics of this one particular cop. Right. Um, All right. Well, well, I mean, Catherine Bigelow. Let's. I mean, let's look at Hurt Locker and then Zero Dark Thirty. It, it's it's know, around it's one not, person. It gets yeah, centered around one character. Exactly. But that those were interesting stories. I mean, Detroit. I was like, oh man, like I don't really know that much about the riots. You know, and we're both. You know, from uh, suburbs of Detroit, you grew up around there, and it's kind of yeah. Like- we know that they exist. We knew that there was tanks rolling down Gratiot, and that the National Guard was called in, and you know there was it, there was a lot of terrible things that happened. Um, but yeah, I, I, guess I don't know any specifics. I was expecting the city to be the character, you know what I mean, and then and less about this court case that arose from this Tangiers thing, and. I mean, half the movie is a group of kids pressed up against a wall in a hotel. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I kind of I got bored with that. Uh, but well, I, let me say this about the movie okay, in yeah. general, though, is that it's I think it's really well made. It's it's really the tension is built throughout and it's it kind of makes you pissed off at the end. And you're like, how could this happen? And yeah, exactly. It kinda, it kind of goes into this whole like racist cop narrative, and I guess I was hoping for more about. Well, she's drawing parallels between for sure police brutality and how it's handled now, in the courts today, then and now, and then now, which I think and is it, very effective because the first thing you think when when the credits roll is, "Wow, that just happened six months ago. We yeah. have come nowhere. We have come Nothing nowhere. Nothing has happened. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. There's so, no justice for cops who break the law and and. And can just skirt the, you know, skirt yeah. justice. And um, this cop and... doesn't just exist in this vacuum in 1960, and you can't just shrug it off and say, "Oh, it was the 60s." Like that's just how people were. They were right, you know, brutal and racist. And it's like, no, guess what? Still happening today. And I, th- I think that's very 
effective. Well, yeah, yeah, very effective. It was very well done, and I think if she set out to do that, then that's great. Um, I guess it feels it feels like she took advantage of Detroit. Well, the title kind of get on this. Yeah, it's she took advantage Detroit. of the city to make a point about police brutality today, and that's what I had a problem with. It's like, you know what? I I don't know. Like it's just surprising about the 30 to me. 30. It's surprising to me that there's never been another movie, at least to my knowledge, that's been about this subject before. Like, they've never done a movie about the Detroit riots before right now. Yeah. Right? Well, you can't, ju- you can't just show people rioting, all, you know, for two hours. and. Yeah. But I guess I, I just wanted, to, I did, I wanted more of a sense of, like, what else was happening uh, as opposed to, like, these racist cops in this isolated moment. And, I mean— is is that like the most shocking thing to come out of the the Detroit riots? This the thing that happened at the Tangiers was that the headline? I mean, I I know they kind of touched on what caused the riots and the 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 building tension, the boiling over, and I mean I I'll never get this people trashing their own neighborhoods. That makes no sense. I mean the same thing with the L.A. riots. Like go into Brentwood, trash Brentwood. Like yeah. the, why I don't why? And they had that moment. You... They had the the state politician that was down there pleading yeah. and saying hey change doesn't happen overnight you know we're gonna make strides but you're burning down your neighborhood stop, stop burning down your own neighbor i i mean just talking about real events right now not mm. like a movie critique just that makes no sense i i don't get it i don't know what is that supposed to show yeah i don't know um but uh yeah very provocative um well, another uh, thing that I think we need to talk about is, and this is a thing that has 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 been bothering me about big Hollywood for a while now, is that this movie is absolutely, in terms of financial draw at the box office, it's a bust. Nobody came to see this movie. Can you pull up the numbers right now of, of where it is in the box office? It did not do very well. And I'm, I'm one that always wants to have... Uh, have stories like this get a budget mm-hmm. and be told properly and American audiences time and time again prove that they don't want to see it or, or maybe you know and maybe it's uh and I was talking about this tooling around with my dad and the Ubers is that may, uh, maybe people are this is more of one of those that they flag and they're like oh that looks interesting I'm going to check it out when it gets to Amazon Prime or I'll, I'll check it's, it out uh, it's two and a half hours long and it you definitely feel it and I it's mean, also, I, you know, maybe people are trying to avoid stories like this because it's in their face all the time. Maybe that's why people aren't going out to check it out. But I mean, yeah, it's a huge pe- name director. This is a people, big time. People go to the movies for escapism, I think. You know, that's why Marvel's doing so great because people are just like, oh, come for a movie and just sit here and turn my brain off. Um, to an extent, I mean, that's not everybody. But okay, let, let's look at this. The budget is $34 million, not that much. Mm-hmm. Opening weekend, 350000 uh, its current gross is sixteen million. That's awful. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's bad. They're gonna they're gonna I mean they they're gonna probably get back to even on this thing. Uh, but that's that's really sad because it's it's a good movie. I I mean you know we're not sitting here loving it. Uh, but it's a uh, it it's I would good. It's it. not great. It's it's not as good as Hurt Locker or Zero Dark Thirty. It's not as exciting or provocative as those movies. It's. I I've, honestly I think she spent way too much time on the Tangiers and it it wasn't as exciting as it could have been. It's just these people are. I mean I know it's it's a very tense film and it gets really intimate. Uh, it, it gets really narrow and you tell a singular story and it, it's a kind of a, a masterclass in tension building. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 
I mean, that it's just a wall in a hotel lobby for like an hour and a half. Uh, I, I, if I were to guess, but yeah, you know, it needs to be more than that, I guess. Be, you know, Hurt, just Hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty, just because they're similar movies about. I mean, D- Detroit riots. There was it was a war zone. Yeah, so it's her third war zone ask kind of movie. Yeah, it just it wasn't. You know, I was excited to see it. Just the title alone, I'd I'd never even saw the trailer because I had no idea what movie to expect. And like you said, it, it wasn't the movie I was I, I was expecting, but I didn't really have much idea of what I was getting into at all. I just Catherine Bigelow, Detroit, the riots. I'm like, okay, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go see that. And she shot a lot see... of it in Detroit. There's yeah. some great scene that a couple of nice scenes in the Fox Theater, and I I was a uh... You know, yeah, I was, I was very excited, w- and you know, you, you you get the goosebumps when you you see your streets out there, man. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I was into that, uh, but just yeah, a little, uh, just a little, a little. I wouldn't little say let down, a little bummed out. I'm not disappointed. I, get- I was just, uh, you know, it wasn't what I, the movie I was expecting. No, it it wasn't as exciting. Uh, as yes, I was it expecting. wasn't exciting. But you know, if her message was to find an example and draw the parallels between then and today and how yeah how far or lack thereof that we've come i definitely think it was you know the, the message was sent yeah exactly all right well let's uh let's cut it there I mean, we'll, we'll check back in with dice throughout the series series maybe every couple of episodes yeah a lot of fans have been requesting greg snot so we'll try to you know get him away from his cruise to get him back on talk some dice i know we gotta get him off the the squatty potty and get the squatty oddy in here exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right he's done shitting out rainbow ice cream get him to come on and talk some dice our 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 fellow in arms dice uh enthusiast uh, all right, and then um, what else is coming up? I, I want to see Logan Lucky. I think that's the next thing. Logan I, Lucky I looks pretty good. Uh, it is coming so, out in, in, I believe, a week, and that's been kind of on the radar for me. I don't know how you feel about horror films, but... Yeah, I, I don't go see them. Okay, well, I'll, uh, I'll go check it out and report back to you. Uh, but yeah, Logan Lucky, uh, Soderbergh's uh, coming out of retirement I thought he retired. Film. Yeah, and he's come out of retirement. See, there's no such thing as an acting actor retired. There's you didn't didn't uh what's his uh, uh Joaquin Phoenix retired at, for a documentary that doesn't count. And that then, was fake. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean. Yeah. And I actually liked. I'm still here. I might be the only person on the planet that enjoyed that movie. Uh, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah. What they yeah. what they did to their their bodies or and, and everyone career. else's yeah yeah for that year um but what, and then, what, you know jay-z what, retired jay-z retired for a minute there what about uh what's his face shyla labeouf didn't he retire but then he did uh yeah but now he's well it's like hitting the reset button you know some of these guys you got to take a, a mental sabbatical now one person that has actually retired is jack nicholson where it was a very quiet it wasn't you know people don't retire like in sports where it's like i'm done playing press conference yeah they kind of just disappear but I did hear a couple years ago, they were like, you ever notice that Jack Nicholson hasn't done a movie in a while? Uh, he can't remember his lines. He's starting to have you know, memory. I mean, he's been doing cocaine in L.A. I'm sure you've probably seen him in your restaurant doing some cocaine. <laughs> uh, I have not. You know, I've, uh, I, for the last, like, 40 years. So you can't just I did do that see, forever. I did see Christian Slater do some cocaine, though, so I guess they'll... <laughs> hey, didn't you see Pam <laughs> Anderson do some cocaine? 
I saw Pam. Yeah, she was doing cocaine, and also my uh, my manager was doing cocaine off of her inner thigh. He, <laughs> he, we have this secret room back there. He rushes in to the place where I'm kind of cleaning up. He's like, Matt, I just did the line of coke off Pam Anderson's thigh. I tried to get it close enough to smell her vagina, but there was no smell. <laughs> that reminds me of a. That reminds me of a of a great bit by Dave Attell. Where he's like, I finally got to do one of my dreams, which was to do some cocaine off a stripper's ass. But in my dreams, there's no smells. <laughs> that was well, a really horrible David Tell impression. And, uh, and apparently Pamela Anderson's vagina doesn't really smell either. There so you go. Good, good, for, good for her. Cool. But anyway. uh, all right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's go see some movies, and then uh, we'll talk later. All right, cool. Thanks to everyone for listening. Have a good Bye. one. <laughs>